0: Welcome to the Eat, Slay, Live podcast.
1: And we are the lock We'll be eating lightning and talking thunder and powerbombing you right in the ear holes today. boys are back we are back because we are so slay-sistent is that I kind of made that word up.
0: I like it. I, I like to see that how you blew up social media this week with your mom tattoo. I'm glad <laughs> to see it. It is not real, folks. It's not real. Uh, just a little trolling. Just a little trolling. Real quick, before we get to our guest, <clears throat> big shout out to one of our listeners, Tommy leese. Tommy sent us a little
1: card. <laughs> St- Steve looked over there like Tommy was sitting in the corner. He I like that. that. He Steve. sent
0: yeah. us these, what do you call these, brumates? Some... Yeah, hey, how about shake that? some multi shake. You didn't get one, Steve. so that's okay. I don't need one. I looked at the reviews; they look great, um, but awesome. But on also a serious note, um, Tommy's a listener. He always chirps in on on some of our social media stuff. Um, we sent him a shirt out just for the support. He sent us a gift back. Uh, lo- wrote us a little letter, boys. First and foremost, thank you guys for the hours of entertainment. I got a little taste of all the positives going on around town, even though I'm no longer there. Keep doing what you guys are doing and thank you for the shirt. I'll do my best to rep you well. Thank you, Tommy. Slay on, Tommy. He, he, Tommy I, lives out in Colorado now, so we are we are broadening our
1: horizons <laughs>
0: through America.
2: <laughs> through you, you
1: guys are
0: all over <laughs>
1: Wow, aren't we? Yeah. I, you know what? I You know, the only reason we did that is just to try to get more gifts. <laughs> we
0: love gifts. We love
1: <laughs> gifts. So. Um, speaking of gifts... <laughs> I don't know how it's going to transition this. But speaking of this, we have a real gift in here today to the Riverbend Sports Arena. All right? Now, listen to this, Ross. Uh, uh, Steve... So we oh. have Steve Porter on. There we go. Okay, local. He has been a, a reporter here in the area, editor, and all kinds of other things we'll get into for 40-plus years, retired in 2016. He has been inducted to the Illinois Basketball Coaches Hall of Fame, the Amateur Softball Association Hall of Fame, the Alton City Hall, Alton City Golf Hall of Fame, and the St. Louis Hall of Fame. And I might have missed some Hall of Fames, Ross. I don't know, but... That's a lot of Hall of Fame. Am I in the Locks Brothers Hall of Fame? <laughs> well,
2: if I'm in that, then let's see how you do today. Hey, hey, that's <laughs> good. I like that.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, welcome me, to the me show. Me and
0: Todd aren't exactly zero Hall of Fames.
1: We are. Yes, yes. The alcohol well, of you fame. Mean, but you guys are young. you, oh, know, cool.
2: I'm, I'm, you, you know when you get old, they either put you in a museum or put you in a Hall of Fame. So <laughs> I'd rather be in the Hall of Fame than than the museum.
1: Well, I think you got that jacket out of the museum. Can you show? Can you? Turn them, kind of show the breast yeah, pocket so, of your, so not, the not
2: your face, Steve, <laughs> the, the jacket.
1: Yes. Hey, that's out. awesome. Yeah. I it, love
2: that you wore that. Yeah, it says yeah.
0: on there, St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame, media 2023. Somebody
2: yeah. asked, I said, oh, when you go in the Hall of Fame, they give you a jacket. I said, no, it's my jacket. They gave me the patch. I put the patch on the. have <laughs> have it it's, sewn on yourself. Oh yeah, uh, well my man. wife sewed it. Yeah, I got asked you asked me to sew it on. It, 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 it yeah. would be upside down or back, but it's not like Augusta where they give you the jacket, the green jacket too. Right, you have to right. have your own I, jacket. Yeah, but here's here's a patch. Here's Put a a patch. it wherever you want it. Put it on your jacket. Yeah. So um,
0: before we get too um, too far into Steve, um, let's up uh, let's bring up um, as, as a former coach, <clears throat> given other coaches support because they need it. We, mm-hmm. There's a little situation going on with our with our brother Ty who's head coach up at Staunton. Um, you want want to speak on this a little bit?
1: Are are we allowed to? Was, well, did you clear it's our this? show? Did you clear? Well, <laughs> did you clear it with Ty? Nope. <laughs> you might make family dinner a little uh, awkward if you didn't. No, there's just there's I don't know if we should talk about it, but we're going to. Uh, you know, there's just a little situation up there. You know, um, they Ty, you know, inherited a team like you do when you're coaching, and uh, he he took over the the coaching up there because he wanted to help you know with his sons you know, career when he gets in, into high school. And, and and the people who are kind of going after him are like the parents and the players who uh, weren't a part of, like, who were part of the old regime up there. Mm-hmm. And I have a, a feeling and I know that the old regime was just a little, little softer. You didn't have to put in the work to play. It was more about kind of who you're named. Now, this isn't coming from Ty at all. This yeah, is yeah, absolutely. Just as an outsider going to the games and, and seeing things, like, you know, it, it doesn't matter what your name. Ty comes in as an outsider, not from Staunton. It doesn't matter if your name is, you know, whatever. If you don't put in the work and the time and the dedication, you're not going to play, and I think that's not sitting well with some people up there.
0: Yeah. And, and then and you bring up his son. And his son is now in eighth grade, going to be a freshman, mm-hmm. outstanding player. And even a more outstanding team that's coming. I mean, there's five players on that team. They're losing one. They've already lost a few, and and I probably think that some people are getting nervous. There's there's a freshman class that lost Th- what? That's
1: a thousand percent.
0: Three games in two years in junior high. Two games to, to East St. Louis in the regional championship back to back years. So some people are probably getting nervous and don't like the fact that. They know they see the writing on the wall and some freshmen are gonna come up and play over them. Right. And Ty has, you know, Ty went in and did everything right, starts a junior bulldog program. Never existed before. Never existed before. <clears throat> starts this program, does everything right, gets a gets people and parents excited, gets people to follow him and join in by starting other teams. So then they end up, you know, they got they got teams in front of Ty's sons, they got teams behind them now that are playing and going around and playing and training and so it's not just that one class you know there's classes behind them now and above them that have real you know the year above them that have really built up and done the
1: work he's the high school coach and he's putting in all this dedication to the lower grades trying to build build a culture up there and he's he's to me and and we i know people listen is like you guys are just biased blah, blah 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 but but i i I don't, I've seen the dedication that he has. It's crazy to me, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, and, ha- and, and
0: the worst fucking part of it that pisses me off is that he, he took the junior high job and could have coached his son the last two years of junior high, but, he did, but then the, the head coach resigned. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Isaiah was what, sixth, fifth grade then? Probably. So Ty was already waiting in junior high to coach him. And then he's, they offered him the job. And so he takes it way prematurely. You know, so he, he lost years of coaching his son to get this program on track from the top down. And now and, he, they are trying to and, run him out of town right now.
1: And when I heard this, when I thought it was so ludicrous and one made me rage, but two him just like, Ty, you're too good for this. Just leave. Don't too. you don't want this stress. Take, take, you know, Isaiah, wherever Isaiah wants to play, you take you know what I'm saying? Ty, you live in Bethalto. We can play in Bethalto or go go play a market. What like you're too good for this. But he's so dedicated to the mm-hmm. kids up there that the programs he started, he doesn't want to lose that. Do mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's he's he's sunk his heart and soul into this thing and he wants to see it through. Yeah. I, and I, and, I, and I
0: said that to am like, man, as soon as he called me, he kind of let me in. on. I'm like, fuck them. I mean, that's yeah. just my mentality. Blow fuck that them
1: bridge up. They don't, you're it, so much better up. than. Yeah. <laughs> kid, take your kid where you,
0: where you don't have to drive 30 minutes, to go watch them play. Yeah. You know, they lose him. They lose your daughter. Who's going to be
1: a stud athlete. She's like, the ba- Hey, she's the best <laughs> locks athlete. I think of all of us have every I think one of so. us
0: um i don't know it it, just, yeah it's,
1: it's i we feel like two biased disgruntled brothers but it, it's it's more than that yeah. it's, and they it's and insane. they don't
0: deserve ty not only as a coach because he's outstanding and he puts so much time and effort into it, but as a person
1: ty's and he's, we'll say this ty, we've said on the show a thousand times not trying to just toot his horn but like he's one of the best people i know yeah. You know, absolutely. But you know, he's he's hard, he's fair and if you got to work hard to be on the team, you got to dedicate yourself, you he's know. He's fair.
0: Saying, so. That's that's anyway. hands down he's
2: fair.
1: We got to Steve's like these guys are maniacs. We we, well, we got to well, get
2: going, Ross, before well, <laughs> well, well, I would say one thing about that. Ty's probably the smartest one in the family. <laughs> well. Well, 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 you know why I say that cuz that's what he told me. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, look, being the smartest one in this family is that doesn't mean a whole lot. <laughs>
2: Uh, <laughs> you you probably you covered Ty. I'm oh, sure. Oh yeah, I'm sure yeah. Of it. Was, yeah. It covered Ross too. I mean, you know, great family, great athletes, and and you know, upstanding people on top of it. I mean, there are a lot of uh, people that are really good athletes that aren't really good people. But you know, Ross and Ty are both great people too, and and you know. Ross has done a lot for us with the Gallatin Awards, having Trivia Night there and that, and yeah, and, and, and we'll
1: get into the, the Gallatin. Yeah. That's that's the, like the 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 basketball players of the year, correct? Words, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: That's coming up on uh, March 26th at the uh, Best Western Hotel in Alton. So. March 26th?
1: Uh, Did you say that? Is that what you said? Yes. March 26th, people. So if you hear that, that's when the the and everyone the public's invited to that.
2: Correct. Yes, it's Sunday night at six o'clock. Um, you know, our committee uh, raises money to help <laughs> pay for that. Trivia night's one of them. Mm-hmm. So all the varsity players and all the coaches get in free from five schools, Alton, Marquette, uh, Woodruff, C- Roxanne, and C.M. Yeah. yeah, and Alton. And, uh, you know, boys and girls both get awards, both get recognized. The money that we raise pays for the meals for all those. For others, it's $25 a ticket, which – is pretty good price because mm-hmm. you know the food's costing us about 20 or more <laughs> so we're not we're not making any money and we're not in it to make money uh we're in it to you know give kids awards and recognize them and we have uh, we have basketballs that we raffle off. So if you don't go home with a trophy, you might go home with a new basketball. <laughs> you know, if you're fortunate enough to get. Is, is there
1: a speaker this year? Do you have a speaker? The
2: speaker is going to be Sean Roundtree, who played basketball at Edwardsville and then Central Michigan, and now he's making movies and he's going to be a oh, awesome. big time star. I think. Uh, awesome. Eventually, and uh, and Sean's coming back, and he's going to speak. And uh, we've had a lot of good speakers in the past. David Goins is the mayor of Alton. Katie Broadway, Kevon Lacey, and uh, a lot of those people have donated their time just to come back. Last year was our seventy-fifth one. Wow! Uh, so we invited everybody back, former winners, and a lot of people showed up. It the first one was nineteen forty-six. Now I wasn't there for the first. One. <laughs> I missed the first. One. were you but covering a game I, I was covering a game <laughs> but let me tell you this who the speaker for the first uh-huh. one was chuck taylor wow, wow. Hey, chuck taylor oh. converse all Stars. <laughs> still wearing them of course now chuck was from st louis chuck who hasn't worn a chuck taylor converse all-star Ro- I, don't, I
1: don't know if ross has ever worn a chuck
2: I've Taylor. i've had
0: feet. my share of chucks oh yeah huh. I, I i was very um into the low top black and grays
2: Oh, okay. yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. And they had the high top. The Celtics, back in the day, used to wear the high tops, yeah. the, the black ones. But, you know, white and black and uh, uh, colored shoes, it seems like everybody's worn a uh, Chuck Taylor Converse All-Star. But, again, 1946, <laughs> I did not attend the first one. <laughs> but I started attending in 1974, so I've been involved with the, uh, uh, with the awards. It started with the Exchange Club. The Exchange Club basically folded. So... A bunch of us got together, got some help from John Simmons, kept it going. John gave us uh, uh, some money to, to keep it going. He Just said, "Can you rename it the Gallatin Awards in honor of Harry Gallatin, from who played at Roxanna was an NBA All Star in that." So we're in our. It's the 76th one coming up. So there's a lot of tradition there, a lot of people uh, through the years, great players that have won awards, and uh, you know we're just happy to do this. To, uh, you know, have have a dinner and honor for area basketball players and salute the coaches. You know, a lot of these dinners are disappearing. Football used to have there used to be an area one of football, the Knights of Columbus I, well,
1: cool. I'd like to say two time winner, the Knights of Columbus <laughs> Player of the Week right here, Ross. Yeah, I don't know there you go. The week. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. How about thank that? You,
1: thank you. Was that
2: now back in the fifties you <laughs> <weren't, anyway. laughs> But uh yeah, I mean, you know, so uh we're happy to do this, and we uh, uh, like, love all the support from people. We have people sponsoring trophies. We have uh, players of the year, 110 percent award, free throw, team sportsmanship. People sponsor the basketballs we give away. So, anybody that's interested, you know, in being a sponsor or attending, just contact me. So we could really, we
1: could really uh, use this information to boost our ratings, Steve. Okay, who wins this year? It's gonna be a boy <laughs> and a girl. <laughs> I guarantee that. I was hoping he just kind of forgotten threw it out there. Ross. <laughs> oh, our winner this year is yeah. <laughs> uh, from CM girls, Olivia Durbin, and then I don't know. Who, I don't know who the boys was going to be, but. Uh, uh, anyway, that's awesome. Uh, now speaking of that, so uh, someone who's very big with the this will be kind of an inter- little extra introduction to you. Someone who's big into the the, uh, the Gelatin Awards uh, is a friend of both all three of ours,
2: uh, Bill Roseberry. Um, so he he sent us a quote about you. Okay, so now Bill's the president of the Gallatin Committee. So. Take everything he says with a grain of salt. <laughs> well,
1: and former <laughs> and former reporter. He's still doing some reporting. He oh, still yeah. does his co- Coach Speak podcast, but he was, he was also a journalist for a long time. Yes, he was. So, and, and he says, as a young guy entering the local sports world with the Bluff City Bombers while in college, Steve was one of the guys who really helped me learn the ropes. Through the years, he turned into a mentor for me. By the time we worked together at The Vantage, I really learned from him. He taught me the importance of the local sports world outside of the field of competition, how it trends generations and brings community together. Steve taught me the importance of community events, networking, and building relationships. I think that's been the brilliance of Steve's career, building those relationships and becoming friends with everyone from players, coaches, colleagues, and parents through the years. It's enabled him to bring great stories to the community, and I've always strived to follow that template. It's helped me in my new career now, my personal life, and anything I still dabble with in the sports world. Steve deserves all the accolades he gets recognizing his awesome career.
2: Well, thank you, Bill. I, I wish Ross was a better hitting the applause button yeah but thank I you bill I was. and, and I, i'd like to tell bill the checks in the mail <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I would like to know who wrote that for bill <laughs> yeah that's that, that's a good question but you know i've always uh, uh, s- several things i've always told people first of all be a good listener mm-hmm. you don't learn anything by talking you learn by listening secondly treat people the way you want to be treated and third uh, this may be the most important a measure of a man is not what he does for himself but what he does for others Man. so you know uh, any accolades that i get or you know people tell me you know i'm doing this good or doing that if it's not about me it's about other people i love to see people i know be successful be rewarded for that success. I get as much enjoyment out of that as getting award myself. So and, and that's kind of the, when you when you're a, when you're a reporter, a media guy, well, the way it's
1: supposed to be, I mean, that's that's how it's supposed to be, right. You're supposed to be the guy behind the scenes telling everyone
2: else's story. well, and everybody's got a story to tell. That's the thing in sports, mm-hmm. and some people have more than one. Some of them you can't tell, obviously. <laughs> But everybody does have a story to tell. Everybody's got a talent. You just have to find out what your talent is. Keep working at it, whether it's basketball, whether it's broadcasting, <coughs> whatever you're doing. <coughs> Excuse me, and just keep developing your talent and working on it as much as you can, so you know you can be the best you can at whatever you do. And that's <coughs> what I always try to do. You know, give it my best every day, and not you know mail it in at all at any time. Well, Steve, thanks for coming on the show. That was
1: no that, that's that's great stuff right there, brother. Now, one thing we want to do and like we have to do on this show, we just we want to kind of start from the very beginning before you get in the before you got into reporting. So, we're going to go all the way back and just say and, and if you still remember, Steve, at your age, but where where were you born
2: and raised at, Steve? Well, I was born in uh, in the 20th century, first of okay. all. Okay. Yeah, not in the oh. 1900s. Uh, I mean, not in the 1800s. That's shocking news, yeah, but go 19, ahead. Yeah. Yeah, so I grew up in Troy. Uh-huh uh by the 5th grade i knew i wanted to be either a broadcaster or sports journalist the guy in town at the uh, troy paper wrote a column his name was paul levo he was a basketball official you may remember paul ross mm-hmm. and he said watch out for this little stevie porter he's going to be a sports writer someday uh-huh. and that you know when you get encouragement at that age and anything said well that's what i want to do and of course in the 8th grade i was 4 foot 11 and weighed 96 pounds. <laughs> So, there's not much. Uh, I, I did play junior high baseball and basketball, but there's not much clamor for a four foot 11 center <laughs> in high school. So, when I get into high school, I said, I'm going to, what do I want to do? I don't want to be a team manager. You know, I, I don't want to, you know, work towards being official. I want to be a writer, broadcaster. So, I did that. I got encouragement along the way, graduated from Triad in uh, 1969, no. so you don't, guys don't get confused. <laughs> Went to SIU Edwardsville, worked there at the school paper and the radio station, worked with a bunch of great guys in radio. Dwayne Statz, who's now the lead broadcaster for the Tampa Bay Rays. Frank Akers, who's on our committee. Uh, Frank was a general manager of WSIE uh, FM and an alumni director. Um, Tom Calhoun, who's the PA guy for the St. Louis Blues now. And I don't know if you guys remember Frank Opinion, yeah, who who used yeah. to be uh, do a, it was a an AM radio radio show. guy, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, his name was John J. Craddock. That's I right. remember
1: my grandparents listening to him all the time. Steve.
2: Yeah, 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 mine too. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, uh, he was quite a cut up in school. He, I was in a class with him, and he disrupted the class so much that eventually the teacher called him over in a one on one, said, "Look, what do I have to do to get you out of this class?" And he said, give me a B. And they gave him a B and just said, don't come back. <laughs>
1: B's get degrees, Rod. He, sh- he, sh-
2: he should have asked for an A. Right. <laughs> right? He might. They, they, they didn't come to me and say, can I give you a B and don't come back? I would have taken
1: it. Um, now I'm going to kind of rewind a little bit since you just glossed over about 30 years. Uh, so did did you do any, were you good at writing as a kid, like in middle school? Did you see that you had some ability at that? Did you did you ever like try to cover any sports when you were a kid? Well,
2: when when I was in junior high, when I was playing baseball and basketball, I would write up the basketball games, the junior high games. They would post them in the local paper. It was, it was a weekly paper.
1: They would post what you wrote in there yeah. as like a middle schooler? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you, you still have any of those anywhere?
2: I'd have to look. That's pretty... That's pretty far back as you know cl- back with clay de- tablets are heavy so and the declaration of independence <laughs> is probably in there and the magna Carta and all that but so stuff.
1: you were right so basically you're writing kind of for the the local paper yeah it yeah. was
2: the you know like bethalto used to have uh-huh. a once a week paper wood river did and you know they'd it'd just be a couple of paragraphs or so about what went on in the junior high game i think that's awesome and then i got into high school and was writing about you know, triad basketball or baseball. And still publish. for the paper? Yes, yeah, still for uh-huh. the paper. And I would call in scores and give information to the Metro East Journal, which you guys may not remember. It was sort of like the forerunner of the Belleville News Democrat. Mm-hmm. Covered all the local sports in the area. It, it folded in the 80s. Uh, but I had some, Bob Immig, who worked there, was a great uh, mentor for me, a great friend. And also I worked with him at SIUE. And then while I was at SIUE, a job. And, of course, at SIUE, I I start there, and here I am. I run into Harry Galton, first of all, one of the first guys. He was the AD there. So then I go to the Collinsville Herald. The first year there, I'm talking to Virgil Fletcher, talking to Pick Daner. uh, Just legends Uh, of – Yeah, and uh, and Bethalto's own own, – Joe May, a broadcaster. And uh, uh, I worked there about two years, saw – I wrote a story about Fletcher Jim being dedicated. Now, you know, you've been Mm. to Fletcher Jim in Collinsville 50 years ago, Mm. 51 (laughs) years ago now. But I wrote the story. I covered guys like Bobby Bone and Mark Fletcher, and they had some great teams. And then I got a job in Alton and 40 years in Alton. Decided I'm going to retire. So I told him I was going to retire. Well, John Simmons called me then. They were starting. He had bought the advantage. He said, you want to come and work here? And I said, Ah, John, I think I'm gonna, re- you know, stick in retirement. So I just want you part time. This is what I'll do for you. Then, okay. So I did it for three years, and that got me up. How to p- it. how part time was it? Well, I was. <laughs> I, you, you were running the damn thing. Weren't I, you? Well, well, for, I I don't know if part time really fits into my vocabulary because right. I, you know, I've got a I've got a pretty good motor, and I'm always on the move and in motion, but. We've noticed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and but, you know, it wasn't the money or it wasn't the hours. I did it was a labor of love for me because mm-hmm. I enjoy do I enjoy going to games. I enjoy meeting people. I enjoy talking to people and you know, find out what uh, what they're about and what they've done and you know, what they want to do. And and uh, you know, if people are successful at something, there's some reason why they are. And usually it comes down to they're driven, they have a passion for it and they enjoy working. I mean it's pretty it's like teaching fundamentals in any sport. You know, if you're successful at something it's it's because you worked at it.
0: You brought up Joe May you're famous for telling Joe May oh, stories.
2: I, I've got a million of. Them. Uh, you,
0: get, you got a million. Do you, you have a story, Joe May story, for our listeners that you haven't really told other people because maybe it wasn't allowed on the radio, <laughs> but it is allowed on this podcast.
1: Ross has already uh, dropped the f bomb twice, so you can uh, say whatever you want on. Well, his, I'll tell dude. you. A
2: couple. Give us a good Joe May uh, story. Joe, you know, Joe loved food. He and he he did commercials for bananas and Ponderosa. You remember I remember those. Right. those yeah. And Joe did a what do you call a trade out. He he said, I'll say your name on the air, you know, give me a free steak. you'd, you'd, You'd call Joe sometimes and the guy'd say Bonanza Restaurant and you'd say, oh, I'm trying to reach Joe May. And he'd say, he's at table eight, I'll go get him for you. Ponderosa, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> give me one
1: steak and I'll keep saying yeah. your name on yeah. here. Well, there's
2: still a Ponderosa in Vandalia, <laughs> We're believe headed. It or not. We're headed to. We're headed to. Uh, there's Vandalia no. At this there's rut. no bonanzas left. <laughs> So Joe's doing a commercial for Mr. Donut. You mm-hmm. know where they make the donuts down there. And Joe says, and Joe never looked at his copy. He was all talking off the top. He mm-hmm. it. he says, Mr. Donut. Well, they make those donuts down there fresh for you uh, every so often. <laughs> Every time. so the guy that's running Mr. Donut hears this and he says Joe you can't say stuff like that on the air he says my company is almost in financial ruin and and you say goofy stuff like that on the air it's not going to help me with advertising Joe says I'll take care of it uh-huh. Joe goes back on the air the next day he says I want to tell you about Mr. Donut will they make those donuts fresh for you even if it loses money for the company <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, that's great. Uh, and I, I got one more for you. Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, I love it. Now, there, uh, there was a guy from Bethalto who was a good basketball player. I won't mention his name, but he went to prison. Okay, he was in prison for a while. Did he ever Could, play at Kansas? Uh, yeah, well, he might, <laughs> but a uh, good friend of ours. So uh-huh. we're at a basketball game. I'm the color guy from Joe with Joe, and Joe says, I see our good friend blah, blah, blah. Is coaching the prison basketball team in Greenville. (laughs) So I don't know how to answer. I said, I said, Joe, that's right. He goes, Steve, you know, all their games are at home. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's
1: awesome. Uh, Look, I'm going to rewind. We have to rewind Um, about the advantage. Okay. I just want to kind of get history on that. So it was a paper, just kind of like the the Telegraph had been around. It kind of been the only game in town for a very long time, basically. Um, and then the Advantage startup, and it was a great paper. I, it was, well, first, it was, it was, first, it was first once it ads. First, it was ads, right. and then they then it switched to covering sports and everything. And it was it had a different. It wasn't the big fold-out kind. It was more like how the Inquirer
2: does theirs, like just yeah. It was and it was once a week, so it wasn't the same as the Telegraph, but it was different. I mean, you it, know, so you wouldn't have results in there. You'd have more feature stories because if it came out on a Friday. And you had results from the following Friday. People said, "Well, this is a week old. Why, why should I?" Read and
1: that? I loved it though because it did the feature stories. You found out more about the players of each team and things like that. You know what I'm
2: saying? What? And, and this is my whole question: is kind of what happened to the advantage? Well, it's it's like the newspaper business in general. Right? It, it's just not very profitable right mm-hmm. now. And I think it got to a point where they decided this is not really working the way we want it to work. And uh, it's still going, but i it, it's not what it was when I was there. And, uh, you know, I had some great people working there with John Simmons and Eric McRoy, and Bill and I worked there. And uh, But the newspaper business now is not like it was back in the heyday. You know, when I worked at the Telegraph and I was sports editor back in the 70s and 80s, we had five full-timers. We, sports people. Sports just, people. Just sports. Yeah, and plus some stringers. Mm-hmm which enabled us to, to start covering more girls sports, which hadn't been done at the time, and expand our coverage area. Before then, basically, it was at Jerseyville. It was about the end of our area. Mm-hmm. Well, we started going, you know, southwestern Bunker Hill, McCoopin County, um, Calhoun County. Our roots are awesome. Yeah, we went, we went all the way up to North Green, you know, mm-hmm. Root House and, and Whitehall. And then Staunton, Carlinville. So we went al- almost to Jacksonville and almost to Springfield. But uh, now the Telegraph's down to two full timers, and uh, it's it's just a, it's just a tough business, the newspaper yeah. business now.
1: Yeah, it's. I feel like if the the advantage was around back in the like 80s or things like that, it wouldn't really. I, I just because I loved the concept the way they did those things. Just talk. Well, about competition's always
2: good in anything, <laughs> whether it's basketball or newspaper business, and. You know, I I hope that the advantage, you know, when we came out, it helped the it helped the Telegraph and the Telegraph in a way pushed us a little bit. So mm-hmm. competition's always good, right? I like, unless it's the gym business and it's not. Gross. You do. Yes, definitely. <laughs> isn't there a new gym going? Isn't there
1: a hey, new gym have, going across the street? Do not ever mention a new gym. in here, Steve, <laughs> a, a
0: guy that I know that you were close with that had an influence on on both me and Todd's life, uh, Mike Dreith. Oh, what a great guy! Yeah, I I grew up. I'm best friends with his son Andy. We graduated together. Grew up down the street from each other. I was always at his house, always at mine, vice versa. So Mike Mike was our basketball coach growing up. Drove us around in the one of his big big old family vans to <laughs> at, at anywhere he could get us a tournament. Um, so I had a major impact on my life growing up. <clears throat> you and you and Mike go way back.
2: We, I want to start. I want to start with your guys's. Was it Channel Seven? It, it was the cable channel out there, Sport Talk. Now look, you're going to Todd. Todd. Take, Todd, take a look at this. Sweet look at those photo. P- look at okay. the look at that hair. Phone in
0: <laughs> for all your sports questions <laughs> to Mike Drith and Steve Porter. Do You like that hair
2: back then? I look had at
0: a- that mustache. Yeah. Please, yeah. Show the Show show the listeners here.
2: How about that?
0: Leave it right there. You scoot back a little bit. It's it's tough on the phone. It's a little blurry, but we'll we'll share that picture.
2: Um, you know, i had so, I had a I had a be, better barber back then. What I, I now. what I
0: have here is what Todd was trying to show: is the flyer for the show, basically. And so you guys were on cable TV. Oh, it was live. This we, was a live, live. show on uh, TV.
2: Uh, you uh, and on, Mike Dree on Saturday mornings. <laughs> you know how WBGZ has a radio call-in show mm. on Saturday mornings. Well, we had a a, a TV show on Saturday mornings at. Eleven or, or noon, I can't remember. It was about an hour, and we'd talk about the, uh, you know, the events of the past weekend and call people, and it was live. <laughs> so when we called people, Mike would pick up the phone, and you could see him dialing on a rotary. <laughs> we're gonna call, and I've got a story to tell you, and it's another Joe May story. Uh-huh. So uh, Mike says we're gonna call Joe May because he was at the Alton Belleville West football game last night in Belleville and he's gonna talk about it. So i say, well, let's call Joe. So we dial the phone, ring, 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 Jim's Barbershop. (laughs) This is live. Yeah. Yeah. And Mike says, oh, I'm so sorry. We're trying to reach Joe May. Well, he's in the barber chair. You want to talk to him? (laughs) He, so he gave ha- you
0: the phone number of where he was going to yeah. be. Yeah,
2: so he hands the phone to Joe and says, oh, sorry, guys. I forgot to tell you I had a haircut this morning, but uh, we can talk blah, blah, blah. You know, and you hear people in the background, you know, Johnson, I'm a, you know, barber chair too, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, so we're laughing like crazy. And and Mike says, well, Joe, can you tell us a little bit about the Alton-Belville West game last night? And Joe goes, well, guys, <laughs> the guy turned on the clippers yeah. <laughs> and, and it drowned because it was on the phone. It drowned out everything. And Mike was on the floor and he says, we got to take a commercial break. We'll be right back. <laughs> <That's>
0: <laughs> was was this show you guys had just high school sports or, or people calling with anything? Cardinals? But,
2: yeah, they, it was mainly high school and college sports because that's what people wanted to talk about. You know, you could go to Channel 4, Channel 5, or wherever you wanted to talk about the Cardinals. That Once in a while we'd have a question about, say, Illinois, who's going to be their new AD, or what do you think about this? But it was mostly about, uh, you know, he thinks going to win the Wood River CM game. And uh, I remember back in the day, Buzz Logan, remember Buzz played for Wood River, and his dad, John, coached, for CM. So when they played each other, it was always a big event. And I remember writing a story about it. I said, uh, Jim Logan, Buzz Logan, came on the floor for Wood River for the game. His dad, John Logan, you know, came out for CM to sit on the bench. Mom, Margaret Logan, stayed at home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because she told me, she said, when when Buzz went against John, I mean, CM. She wouldn't watch. No, she wouldn't go to the game. She'd just stay at home. Can you can
0: you imagine a show like that today live they're taking phone calls <laughs> calling people some of the the Parents probably calling. Oh yeah, days. it was live. Imagine, yeah. imagine Todd Locks calling this Saturday oh, yeah. to bitch about starting yeah. High School, <laughs> yeah, and what they're doing to and his I, beloved brother. Like, hey, yeah. this is Tommy
1: Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a call. actually, we are kind of we kind of have that kind of technology because I had sen- I'd sent a few people to give me like quotes or say things about you. And this one just came through. Right okay. here. So we're kind of like a call-in show, Ross. Oh, yeah. Except we're just getting text
2: And and, and, and people would, you know, somebody come up with a complaint about something. You know, one of my standard lines was, would you please repeat the question and can you make it so we can understand it? <laughs> you know, in other words... You know, just just give us a straight question. Not yeah. you know, go off uh, where where you know you're taking uh, going out on somebody. You know, going off on somebody. So so this is a.
1: I just got a text message from a guy who you would have covered him two different ways. You would have covered him as a player and then as a coach. Uh, so and I'll tell you who it is after I read it. it. Says he goes no stories because he has them all. He's a walking sports story. He's the consummate professional in the field of journalism. The number of games he's watched and covered at the high school, college, and professional levels is amazing. Was blessed to have him cover me as a player and a coach. and He always made me feel comfortable whether it was a huge win or a painful loss. Always enjoyed a couple refreshments with him at Donzo's and No Man's Land. But the great thing about Steve is no matter how long it's been since... You've seen or talked to him. The conversation is like you've never missed a beat. One of the good guys, a legend, a hall of famer, and most importantly, a friend.
2: Jonathan Denny. Oh, what a great guy, yeah, Jonathan. And one of the most successful coaches I've ever seen. One of the most hard nosed coaches. Uh, you know, he got the most out of his ability. Jonathan was driven, and uh, you know, and I mean that in a positive way. He wanted to succeed. Mm-hmm. He had pride in what he did. He had passion in what he did. And, you know, he made the most out of his life, and he got the most out of his ability.
0: Amazing what he's doing at Swick right
2: now. Oh, it is. I mean, he's got a good program going there, and you knew Jonathan was going to land on his feet somewhere and be a successful coach, and he's been a successful coach wherever he's at. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he takes, you know, Swick to great heights and maybe even goes to a higher level after that because Jonathan loves to coach. He loves people. He's passionate about what he does and he works at it. You know, I've nobody, uh, it's hard to say who works the hardest, but I don't know if I've anybody that really outworks Jonathan.
0: I, I don't have a doubt, knowing Jonathan, that he's going to take Swick to be like a national powerhouse. Five wins last year. I, don't, I would think 20, a, 20, plus, 20 plus, plus already this year. <laughs> it's uh, just like yeah.
2: boom.
1: We had him on the show. I'm sure you didn't know that, Steve, but we had him on.
2: Oh, that's good. That's good. John, yeah. Jonathan's a great talker, too. <laughs> yeah. And and unlike me, you know, I tell people, you know, I tell a lot of stories and some of them are true. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, most of the stories he tells are true.
1: Something I want to go back to, and this was talking about the Telegraph and the Advantage and just media in general. First of all, with uh, Mike Dreath, in my major in college was speech communication, minor in public relations, minor in journalism. I wanted to do like sports casting or just sports writing um so mike dreith let me come down when i was in college i would get to go down to wbg and just sit in and listen and watch and things like that so it's kind of on the mike dreith story
2: uh, were you and mike close oh yeah I, i've i've got another mike dreith story to tell you about him in high school uh, you know in uh, with two of them Uh, In fact, they called him, you know, Mike was a good athlete, but he wasn't real fast. They called him cold gravy. That's how (laughs) slow he was. Sounds like his boys. (laughs) and, And he said, as a sophomore in the football team, they're going to Highland for a game. And he says, the coach is looking over all these statistics and that. And while they're on the bus, the coach comes back and says, boys, I've been scouting Highland really well, and when they go into this wing formation, they're either going to run or pass. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, great. And one more, okay. He's playing basketball. He's a uh-huh. sophomore on a team coached by Jim Carey, Steve Carey's dad, mm-hmm. and Fuzz Linton's assistant coach.
1: <laughs> Man. Well,
2: Mike, uh, Mike Dreith and Mike Eddy are sophomores, and they're sitting on the end of the bench.
1: There's, there's a, That is a list of characters right here. <laughs> oh, there. yeah. Oh, my
2: gosh. And uh, so the game's not going very well, and... Jim, if you knew Jim Carrey, he didn't take, you know, poor player losing very well. And he's just screaming at the players and that and fuzzes, trying to calm him down. And Jim blurts out something. And Mike's sitting at the end of the bench, Mike Dreith He's not paying attention. And he said to Mike Eddy, what did Coach say? And Mike Eddy, being smart, he said, oh, Coach wants you down there. <laughs> so so Dreith goes down at the end of the bench and Carrey's fuming. And Dreith says, you want me, Coach? He says, hell no, I don't want you. What the? What in the heck are you doing down here? Don't sit your butt down. I'm sure that's not what Zach yeah. said. So he sits down and Kerry's and still feeling. He turns to Fuzzy, He goes, what's wrong with that guy? Why do you think he came down here? He says, isn't he paying attention? And Fuzz goes, well, you know, he had a pretty good JV game. And things aren't going good. Maybe we ought to put him in. So the ball goes out of bounds and Jim calls time. He goes, "Dreith, get down or go oh, in the game. No. Dreith goes in the game and hits three shots just like that oh. all all of a sudden as a sophomore, he's playing varsity ball. Wow. wow. That's a, that is a great story. <laughs> Damn, Mike Eddie, you should have <laughs> ran yourself down there. Yeah,
1: right? Yeah. <laughs> Eddie's probably pissed. Like, it could have been me. Um, so, going back to the Telegraph and advantages, so, like, with media, like w- what is your thoughts on media today? How it's changed? How it's covered? I, I mean, I know newspapers. It's it the dying. It's a dying uh,
2: media. Well, form, let me but- say this about newspapers and about coaches. Both, back when I was covering, we had a lot of characters, people with personality. Uh, not that people don't have personality, mm. they, but there was all pick Daner. I mean, guys like that and guys in the media, Joe May. You know they were they were characters, mm-hmm. you know, impersonable people you could go up and talk to, and uh, and enjoy just sitting down and talking with them. Whether you know they were writing a story about it or you or you were you were talking to them about a story, and I I, I don't see as that as much these days. You know, coaches can sometimes get pretty uptight. They got to watch what they say. And writers are sometimes walking on eggshells because fans or readers will call them up and say, you shouldn't have said that. And back in the day, it was sort of, I don't want to say it was like the wild West, but you know, people weren't as (laughs) uptight about things as they are today. And that's, it's not just sports. That's everything in general. So I was in an area in an era that I thought was, you know, a golden era for sports right. And I had a great job because on Friday night I could go out and cover a high school basketball or football game. On Saturday I could go say the U of I cover a college football or basketball game, or maybe go to SIUE and cover a basketball game. And then Sunday, if the big red was in town or the Cardinals were at home or later on, the Rams were home. I could cover that. So within seventy-two <laughs> hours, three days, I could see a high school, a college, and a pro game, and it gave you a different perspective on all the athletes. But it also made you appreciate, you know, how good they are, uh, and 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 different levels of sports. Too many people get locked into just watching one sport, one team, and they don't see the big picture. And that is more about that in life too, you know, than just sports. You got to see everything. Do you think if, say, if you were a young kid now coming up
1: and you were like how you were in middle school and you want, you knew from an early age, you wanted to go into, uh, into sports writing, uh, I mean, do you think you would have done it now in today's sort of climate and, and, much, like, and it, you it, wouldn't be writing for the news anymore to yeah. be writing for online things?
2: Right. As much as I love sports, I would have done it. But I don't know if I would have been working a newspaper or radio station or be a blogger or be online. Uh, you know, jobs in the newspaper business and radio business are a lot harder to get than they were back in the day, but you could say that about anything. Mm-hmm. Look at all the manufacturing jobs we used to have in our area, Wood River and Alton and Granite City, you know, steel and all that. Back in the day, you could go to any of those towns, even East St. Louis way back when and get a job. Now it's it's tougher and tougher to get jobs. And a lot of those manufacturing jobs and steel mill jobs and that are blue collar jobs are gone. So it's sort of a sign of the times, I think.
0: And I'll add this. um, You know, I agree with a lot what you said about coaches didn't have to watch what they said. You didn't have to walk on these eggshells or whatnot. But if you did want to become a sports reporter in today's era, and and I've seen this firsthand where high school kids, junior high kids, They don't wait until they're out of high school or college to start their career. They start their own career on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. Podcasting. Podcasting Podcasting podcasting. is another. I've seen multiple times where some high school kids started uh, getting into the summer basketball programs, uh, following AAU and and building up relationships with players and and becoming a, a reporter on recruits. Basically, sure. And then by the time they're in college, they've built up a brand, and now they're hired by Barstool Sports right off the bat. Yeah, you know, I've started their career very early.
2: Yeah. Well, two uh, two other things I did too. I I put a filter on the kids. You know, you're talking to a 15 or 16 year old kid, and maybe his first interview. If he says something really stupid, you just don't run it. You don't say, oh, he said that. I'm going to get him. Well, no, you don't do that. And if a coach said something stupid, which they do sometimes, like that guy's an idiot or, you know, the referee screwed us or whatever, I would – as soon as he would say that, I'd say, so you think the referee screwed you, huh? Yeah. So, so then the yeah. coach would so think, no, 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 that's not what I want to say. You know, the fishing could have been better, you know. Or he might say, yeah, the referee screwed us, put that in the paper. But I'd give the guy the chance that if he popped off just because he was mad you know, and said something, no, nah, I don't want to say that, or yes, I really want to say that. But – the same, on the same token, how we talked about like
1: you're walking on eggshells and things like that. Now, on the same, t- I would think today they would put that out there. They wouldn't give you a chance to retract it because it's those sound bites. People want clickbait. They would the, the headline would be, "What well, using your example, the ref screwed
2: us." Yeah. they would want to use that so it's clickbait. Well, it, you- it it depends who the person is. Yeah. If you've got a rapport for the person, if you've got, uh, I don't want to say relationship, but you know the person uh and, and you know you're talking with them you want to give them the benefit of the doubt as opposed to somebody's just looking to get clickbait or that and that's how you build up uh you know good conversations with people and people respect you for that mm-hmm. like i said this it was really stupid and i didn't really want to mean to say it and i'm glad steve didn't use it or he cleaned it up a little mm-hmm. bit so it doesn't make me look like an idiot you know that's and good that, reporting there yeah yeah and and you know, you're talking about high school level too. Mm-hmm. You know, a pro level might be a little different, but you you gotta know who you're talking to and what they're talking about and what it what it's gonna mean. And sometimes, you know, coaches and especially kids, you know, being interviewed early, they have no idea what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and some coaches are hesitant. I don't know if I want you to talk to him. He might, say, <laughs> he might say the wrong thing or you know, something stupid or whatever. So you got to build up that relationship where the coach trusts you to, yeah, I, I know, you know, you won't uh, say something, uh, print something that this kid said that's idiotic. I
0: yeah. always enjoyed you get interviewed after the game and maybe they pull one of your players and it, you're in the same situation when you're a player. You, you have no idea what you're saying. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, No,
0: you're, you're, you're answering. doesn't even make sense. But, but, but you as guys a, clean it up. But as a coach, you sit there, and you're better at it when you're older. And then you hear the player go to answer. <laughs> just like
2: that, get that, get, like, that, that gets back to one of my great sayings. When you're young, you don't understand anything, but you think you know it all. When you're older, you understand more. You realize you don't know it all. <laughs> That's
1: so true. Um, here's one for you, Steve. Who would be on your Mount Rushmore of journalists?
2: And you, we we'll keep it. Do you? It's you can answer it. Uh, you can answer it several well, ways. Well, the, the the guy I read the most was a guy from the L.A. Times. It was called. He was Jim Murray. He was a columnist, and his column would appear in the St. Louis Globe once or twice a week. And Jim was such a great writer, and he was so funny too. And that's, you know, you don't want to take yourself too seriously, but you want, to, and, and you want to inject some humor in your writing. I'll give you a couple examples. He talked about when New Bush Stadium opened. You know, it was so big. It was 330 down the lines, 386 of the alleys, 414 to dead center. Uh, and he said, uh, I, I'm not saying uh, Bush Stadium, this new Bush Stadium is a big park, but you might expect to see bears wandering in the outfield, <laughs> you know, like Yellowstone Park. Yeah, yeah. And then he was talking about Willie Mays, you know, how good he was defensively. He said, Willie Mays' glove where triples go to die. <laughs> I've heard That's that quote. Good. Yeah. That's good. And then Roberto Clemente. You remember Roberto Clemente mm-hmm. with yep. his stance? He was yep. he was all swinging all over the place. He said his stance looks like a fireman with swinging an axe falling down a fire escape. I mean, just just the yeah. Yeah, just the ideas of that, and, and you know, the the imagery of that yeah. is is so good. And that's, you know, you have to, uh, you, you want to tell a story and sort of paint a picture at the same 1, time. One thousand percent, you know. So Jim Murray, Jim so, Murray, and and you know, I read Rick Hummel at the Rick Hummel. Uh, now he's all you.
1: We were t- we talked about at the beginning, and this your St. Louis Hall of Fame induction is recent,
2: right? It was February twentieth at. at and the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame, they have, a, they have a Illinois and a St. Louis uh, or Illinois and a Missouri induction. Illinois is in February and St. Louis is in um, September. So that way, you know, they used to just have St. Louis and hardly anybody from Illinois got inducted. Mm-hmm. So they decided to have an Illinois one too. And this year of the 10 people inducted, all were from 618 area. Nine of the 10 were from Madison St. Clair County. So Greg Marasek was the founder of the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame in 2009. He died in 2020, and they decided to give a award in his honor in 2022. Rick Hummel was the first winner. Of the was, award that's last why I was year. bringing this up. Rick yeah. Hummel was also in it, right? Yeah, and Rick was the f- first winner of the award last year, and I was fortunate enough to get it this year. So mm. that's that was really an honor, you know, to get it and be in good company with somebody like Rick Hummel.
1: I, I oh, and, and Rick Hummel was the he was basically the covered the Cardinals for the po- simplest Post Dispatchers. I read his article like as a kid and forever. I, I, I love and what a professional
2: too. If mm-hmm. you've ever heard him on the radio or on TV, he acts in a you know very professional way, and he's. You know, a, a guy that you would aspire to be like, you mm-hmm. know, when you did your job. And he was, on, he, he made
1: some appearances on ESPN and things like that, didn't sure. he? Like when they would have sure. need some cardinal opinion, you know, opinion, something
2: going on in St. Louis and stuff. Yeah. Know, yeah. yeah. And I know Rick and he's a, he's originally from Quincy. He's a big diehard Quincy Blue Devil fan. So uh, he, he always shows up at the Collinsville tournament at Christmas because Quincy's in there and he'll be there all day just watching. He's a big high school basketball fan. So we got we got Jim Murray, we got Rick Hummel. Who's the next on our list? And these are, these are just your guys. You know what I'm saying? You're, yeah. You're, well, I no. the Metro East Journal, Arnold Irish was a sports editor. I read him. My mentor was Bob Emig, who worked down there. Uh, Bob, uh, when I when I try it, I'd call in the results and highlights from the games of him, and he'd help me out with things. And then when I started working at the school paper, the Alestal at SIU Edwardsville. Bob was the sports editor, and I came on and eventually took over from him. So I read Bob's stuff, and and I learned a lot from him about how to conduct myself, too, in interviews. Mm -hmm. And so he's a guy I read, too. But, uh, you know, if you want to be a journalist or a writer, reading is foremost. You can read all kinds of things, uh, and it'll help you out because you learn so much. You know, the more you learn, as I said earlier, you don't learn anything from talking— listening and reading is where you learn things and how things work and how things don't work. And, you know, experience can teach you that too, but sometimes you would rather uh, not experience something that you're not sure about and have it blow up in your face and just sit, see how other people went through it. And, you know, you take a little bit from this person, a little bit from that person, you know, like if you're a basketball coach, you might take a defense from this person an offense from that person put it in your repertoire and a little bit here, a little bit there. You know, I'm sure coaches, Ross, Ty, you know, took a little bit from every coach they learn and they've got their own philosophy too. But everything you learn is from everything you do is from something that you've learned from somebody. Mm-hmm. And I think
1: that's in not just coaching and sports writing, but just in life in general. You know what I'm oh, saying? Sure.
2: Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, everybody's got somebody that they learn something from, whether it's their dad or their uncle or their coach or a friend or whatever. And and you keep picking up things here and there to see what works and what doesn't work. And, you know, as a coach in a game, sometimes if things don't work and you say, well, you know, you got to change, you know, this isn't working. We got to do something else. So you got to, and the same way in life, you got to learn how to adapt and adjust to things. I'll, things I'll, change all the time.
0: I'll build on what he said a little bit. Um, some of the some of the better sports programs, high school wise, that you've covered. Who who are they? And I'm talking about programs. I don't care if you talk about uh, a certain sport or not, but the dominance, Collinsville basketball back in the day. Collinsville, what what were, what were some of the better ones that that people should know about? And how and if you have any stories about how they built up and became well, what they well, became? Well,
2: Coach Fletcher kept things simple. He used that one-two-two two ball press all the time. One thing I noticed, and his offense was like a triangle offense. Back in the day, you'd always want to get the ball, the big guy, down on the block. It's not like that anymore. But he had, on offense, he'd always make sure that you didn't bounce past the ball, the big guy, or hit him in the chest. You'd lead him to the basket, throw the ball up so he could catch the ball, put it in the basket as opposed to... Now you see big guys catch a ball, then they'll bounce it, put it on the floor. Sometimes they lose it. He wanted the big guy to catch a ball near the basket and just put it in. So that took a good art of passing. On defense, when he played a 1-2-2, he'd adjust the press. If you'd play a slow team, slower team, you'd move the press all the way to the baseline, all, You know, full press to try to take the ba- – if you played a faster team, you'd back it up because if you – pushed it all the way to the end against a fast team, they'd beat you down the floor and get a layup. So you'd back it up, let them get the – not let them get the ball in, but didn't mind if they get the ball in, try to contain them and tie it up, tie them up, slow it down. So when they finally did get the ball in the front court, they weren't sure if they were going to run to the ba- – go to the basket or set up their offense, sort of confuse them a little bit. So, that you know, there's wrinkles on all kinds of different things in offense and defense.
0: Well, what was another one of your favorite – programs that were kind of became a dynasty
2: well you know you look at edwardsville right now edwardsville's good in everything you know o'fallon's pretty good in everything too east st louis is exceptional in 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 track football and basketball uh but edwardsville sort of for our area sort of the gold standard because they're either to me it seems like they're either good very good or great in about every sport and when, you're, when you start getting good in some sports, then there's, I wouldn't say pressure on the other coaches, but it's like the other coaches say, hey, I want to be good too. You know, it's sort of that competition thing where if basketball can be good, why can't baseball be good? Why can't football be good? And the coaches sort of feed off each other. And when that happens, you get some of the athletes that play more than one sport. That's one thing that uh, I really miss these days, uh, athletes playing multiple sports, Sport in the fall, sport in the winter, sport in the uh, the spring. And and one other thing I, I always like to tell the story of what's the difference between coaching football and teaching math? Well, if you're coaching football, you run a play, the right guard blows the play, you know, misses assignment. You don't say, Ah, we'll go on to the next play, you know, run something. No. You keep running the play till everybody's on it. Well if you had to teach math that way. <laughs> What if you're on page one and said, we're not going to page two till everybody in the class gets the answers correctly and pay on page one. Well, you'd never get to page two. (laughs) Right. But in coaching sports, everybody has to be on the same page and do things right. You can't say, yeah, we'll get that next time. You have to run the play the right way. I love that. Um,
1: what, Why do you think Edwardsville has been just you know has become the gold center? Do you think it's just getting the
2: great players? Do you think it's the, they great coaching staffs? Or? It, it's everything. They they they've got good coaches. They've got a great facility, nice high school, good athletes, uh, people moving in there, you know, for their own benefit. I mean, it community like a, would
0: be a big part of it. I would think. Oh too. sure, yeah.
2: community input, community support. It's like Collinsville back in the day in basketball. Everybody said, oh, they were recruiting players. Well, maybe they were. Well, they They're took pl- one of Bethaltos. It took one of Bethaltos. <laughs> but that player wanted to go there. Yeah. It's not like he put a hook around his neck and said, you're coming to Collinsville. Right. He wanted to go there. And in those days, uh, unlike in some places these days, those kids lived in the community. Kevin Stallings. For example, moved from Meadowbrook Bethalto. He moved to Collinsville. He lived in Collinsville. Fred Riddle, when he went from Madison to Collinsville, his dad was the principal at Collinsville, so he lived in Collinsville. Mm. These days, you had, sometimes <laughs> you have people going to school and living <laughs> fake in fake di- addresses, and, and, living
1: with their great uncle, <laughs> and living in different districts. So <laughs> yeah, it's
2: a little different.
1: Uh, what What is and, and if you want to say more than one, that would be fine too. But what What's uh. uh Greatest
2: sporting event you've attended? There's so many of them. I mean, uh, I've been to seven World Series in St. Louis, two All-Star baseball All-Star games, the Sugar Bowl where Illinois played LSU. Uh, but I think my favorite was the 2005 NCAA Final Four, mm. was Without in St. Louis. It was Illinois playing in St. Louis, <laughs> and I tell people Illinois will be go back the Final Four someday. Someday there will be a Final Four in St. Louis. But I don't think I'll ever see the day where Illinois will be in the Final Four in St. Louis at the wonder. same time. I, I, and, and that I and I enjoyed it so much. You know, Illinois got to the finals, lost uh, to North Carolina. But uh, what what a great team and a great run, and Il- everything was set up for Illinois that year. the The uh, Big Ten Championships were in Indianapolis. The regional was in Chicago. The Final Four was in St. Louis. Yeah.
1: Um, I want to add something to that. And this is a story about Ross and uh, <laughs> and Illinois playing over in St. Louis in the final four. So you remember our Raboski's oh, yeah. uh, bar, the bar, right? The yeah. bar down we, by the ballpark. Yeah. We, the ballpark. we loved that place. And so when Illinois was playing down there, um, they had free parking at Raboski's. normally it's, you know, for Cardinal games, it's 20, 50 bucks, sure. whatever it was. But some reason they just decided, you know what, we're going to have free parking for that. So we're in the we're uh, in the parking lot enjoying some refreshments like you used to do at Donzo's in No Man's Land. We're enjoying some refreshments tailgating. So Ross, being the uh, little entrepreneur, were you in college at the time? Yeah. He was in college, being the little entrepreneur that he was, Steve, and having a few refreshments in him, he finds a a, a blue navy jacket in the back of some, one of our buddies' car. So he goes up to the entrance of the parking lot and starts charging for parking <laughs> twenty bucks. <laughs> Oh, uh, allegedly. Le- now that that's being resourced, I, I think he might have donated it to charity later, yeah. or something yeah. like that. But uh, yeah, and so later, I'm pretty sure someone saw him out <laughs> in yeah. another place, like it, having some refreshments, and who, who had paid him twenty bucks for the parking, and they were not happy about it when they saw him. Where it's they? All, I was off work. <laughs>
2: I don't know. I just always remember that story. Speaking of resourceful, I, that reminds me of another story. Th- this class of athletes were taking a test. There was one question, and the, the question every year was Who is John Jones? So everybody studied up on John Jones. When the day came to give out the uh, exam, there was the one question Who is Joe Smith? Well, the the instructor changed the question. Nobody knew anything except one guy he kept writing and writing and writing. Everybody's looking at him as he didn't know anything about Joe Smith. Mm. So next day the teacher grades, everybody mm. gets an F except the one guy got a D that wrote everything. And they said, how come he got a D and we got an F. He didn't know anything about uh, Joe Smith. And uh, the teacher said, well let me let me read you <laughs> let me read you what he wrote. Who is Joe Smith? He said, I'm sure Joe Smith was an, a great guy and did a lot of wonderful things, but let me tell you about John Jones. <laughs> 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 and they wrote about 10 graphs on there. And he, the teacher said, now I'll give him a D because that's being resourceful. <laughs> Uh, So now that you're retired, we said you
1: retired in 2016. Besides coming on uh, one of the world's most popular podcasts, this one, uh, what else are you doing with your time? I'm on eight different committees.
2: (laughs) Three three with the Illinois Basketball Coaches Association. One, I'm I'm chairman of the Southwestern Illinois Committee. I'm on the IBCA Golf Committee. And I'm on the IBCA Legacy Committee, which means we go back uh, years to try to find people that played like in the 40s, 50s, and 60s that might have fallen through the cracks, you know, never got in the IBCA, just uh, particularly a lot of the uh, uh, black schools, Mm -hmm. you know, way back when where people forgot about them. And we've we've dug up, I guess, the best way to describe it, some great players back then that got in the IBCA. I'm on the Gallatin Awards. I'm on the St. Louis Hall of Fame Committee, um, on the Emmitt Golf Committee. I'm, I'm sure I've, I've missed one or two here, but I, I'm as busy now as I was when I was writing. So, and I enjoy doing that because it's all... Yeah. Now, what, again, does, the, what all, does the
1: wife say about this? For, yeah, let's, let's talk about her a little bit. Let's my talk
2: my about wife, Cheryl, says join any committee let, you want. I just stay out of my hair.
1: <laughs> let's talk about Mrs. Porter for a little yeah. bit. Because obviously, with, with you, like we've talked about, you're going to all these games. Now, is she a sports
2: fan? Not as much as I am. Well, but, but, okay. But, yeah. oh, is but, she, but, but she is a sports. Does franchise. she go to the games? No, no, no. But she knows I love it so much that that's my passion. That mm-hmm. I like to do. But I and I guess when you met her, you were you were gallivanting around. with oh, these sure. games Anyway, oh, already. Sure. So and 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 she's sort of busy right now because my son and his wife they just had a a, a daughter in October. Uh, Congratulations, Estelle Porter! First granddaughter, four mm-hmm. months old. They live in St. Louis, so we're spending a lot of our time in St. Uh, the time I have, but she's spending a lot of time in St. Louis being grandma. Yeah, so that that that's a lot of fun.
1: So throughout the years, you come home and I don't. You just watched a great CM versus Wood River basketball game, and, and like, did she have to listen to you talk about this? Did no, she give, no, no, no. I
2: go home, go to bed, or she <laughs> she might say who won. Yeah, and then I got to remember. <laughs> you know, if I was out of Donzo's for a while, yeah, did <laughs> CM win or did Wood River win? I better look at my notes. <laughs>
0: Uh, I want to get your opinion on the uh state basketball tournament. It's 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 a historical event in in the state of Illinois. Has some of the greatest players of all time in high school to play in it. You know, it went, you know, they changed the format. They went from two classes to four. Went from Champaign to to Peoria. Back now to back to Champaign. To Champaign. Yeah. And now there's some controversy surrounding it a little bit on how they've set up the format. Well, first of,
2: all, first of all, and thanks for the intro on that, I'm not a fan of four-class basketball. I'm a fan of two-class basketball. As somebody uh, eloquently put it, we used to have state champions. Now we have class champions. Mm-hmm. And when you have four class champions and try to play it all on the same weekend, you're going to have people playing two games a day, sometimes two games the first day. And that's not right. That's not a good experience. You should be up there – at least two days. Yeah. And when you had two classes, you had your elite eight on a Friday. You could go up on Friday, uh, watch all, all four games. You know, you had your a one weekend, your double a one weekend, your eight teams, you watch four games. That was sort of the, the best day rather than the semis and the state championship game the next day. Cause you got to see eight different teams from around the state. And now some of your best games in, in state competition are the sectionals or super sectionals. Yeah. And the, the matchups, who you get, are sort of dependent upon the whim of the IHSA, who you play that year. And You might get Chicago Simeon in the Super one year. You might get Libertyville. You might get Romeoville, Bolingbroke. Uh To me, it just – and I know the, the 1A teams really like it because they think they had a better chance – in four class basketball than two class basketball, but to me it sort of gets four class basketball sort of gets lost in the shuffle.
0: Let me ask you this: They're, they're not going to change it back to the, the no, two classes, no. So it's four a. So it's four classes. We have what we have. What would you do differently right now to make the experience better?
2: Well, there there's a couple of things. One thing you could look at is uh, possibly having. Two classes of public schools and two classes of private schools. Mm. That's one possibility. The other thing I would try to do in in my situation in, in my preference would be if you're gonna do it the way it is now with four classes all in one weekend, I don't like that. Well, I would I think go they but, should
0: split that back up. Yes, I
2: think they should two split weekends. that I think they should split that back up over two weekends. If you don't, you almost have to eliminate the third place games, mm-hmm. which college has done that. I don't particularly like that because I think if you get there, you should play two games, but now it's all squeezed together. And sort of the sad thing in, in, in my opinion is that the four championship games are on Saturday, and I, 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A. So I'm thinking a lot of people that aren't fans of the team or have a player on the team, they'll just say, I'll go up Saturday and watch the four championship games. where in the past, you'd go up on Thursday night, you know, watch the games on Friday, watch the games on Saturday, stay three nights. A lot of people now aren't going to those Thursday and Friday games. They're just driving up Saturday, maybe say it's Saturday night or maybe coming home.
1: Yeah,
0: sad what they've done with it. It, it. You took it to four classes, keep it at two weekends. Don't let, don't let teams that lose the first day have to play two games. And, and then send them I, on their way after and one And that happened day. with girls this weekend, yeah, I know. Exactly. You
2: know, 1A, 2A, you lose – early in the day and play that night, and then you might go home. Yeah. You know, you you don't get the experience. Peoria, you know, had experience. I, you could argue Peoria and Champagne back and forth. I think the players definitely like playing in Champagne better because that's where U of I played. But a lot of the fans like Peoria because you could park your car at a hotel, and leave your car there, and walk over and watch the games and just walk back. Where Champagne, you have to drive and park. Not that that's a big deal, but – yeah. They probably get you twenty dollars <laughs> in parking each place. Twenty dollars in parking, <laughs> and uh, knowing some of the fans that go to the state basketball tournament, if you drink a little bit too much, when you go to Peoria, you park your car, <laughs> you, you can amble over to the over and watch the games. Yeah, without you know worrying about getting in your car and driving. I feel like we could listen to your stories all day, Steve. Um,
1: you being a busy guy told us you have a 10 o'clock deadline to get out of here. Um, Journalists yeah, are always on the deadlines. I'm, I'm sure all. you are. Uh, someone's buying you lunch somewhere. I have a feeling. Um, now, as two athletes that you kind of covered, we, and represents the community. One, one, just thank you for everything. That you've, Absolutely. And, and him being a coach and our, my tie being a coach. We would thank you just for what you've done for this community. Like Jonathan Denny said, just always being fair. It didn't matter if it was a win or loss, making people feel comfortable. I think, I think, this area owes you
2: a comfort or I'm um, comfort a thank you uh, for what you've done for it truly well, I appreciate that I you know I've enjoyed hanging out with people talking sports uh you know being as friendly and as flexible as I can and just just being around people cuz people are what make up sports it's not the statistics and numbers figure in People ask me, what's your favorite sport? And I said, well, I might like baseball or basketball a little bit more. But I like all sports because people involved in sports, it's more about people than it is about numbers and statistics. That is a great –
0: last thing I got. So you're going over to – you go to Arch Madness today. Yes. Cover that. Your beloved Triad Knights – are playing East St. Louis in the sectional championship?
2: At Centralia tonight for the 3A sectional title.
0: What, what are you going to do here?
2: Uh, how are you going to swing this? Uh, I'm, I'm going to be at Missouri Valley and then checking my phone to see how the Knights are doing tonight. It's going to be a tough road for them. East St. Louis is very good, but the great thing about sports is you never know. That's why they play the games. But you never know. You
0: never know. All right. Again, thank you for coming in. This has been
1: the Eat, Slay, Live podcast. And we are the Executioner. Slay on, brother. Slay on, brother. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.